And welcome to episode 51 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. We're breaking down last night's Monday Night Football where the Niners, they start their season 4-0 and the Niners are for real and the Browns are a mess. We're going to talk about Nick Bosa who trolled Baker Mayfield and the Browns last night. And then we're talking baseball, the Yankees. They wrap things up against the Twins, the Cardinals. They force a game five. The Nationals force a game five. All that much more here on episode 51 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the pod wherever you get your podcast these days. And watch the clips on YouTube and throw your own takes right down below in the comment section. But we've got tons to get into on a loaded episode 51 of the Get More Sports Podcast. So let's get right into it. Are you ready? We're going to start with the Cleveland Browns, where last night they had a chance to put their record over 500 for the first time since 2014, and it did not go well for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. They got rolled last night by the 49ers. They drop it 31-3 to on Monday Night Football, and Baker Mayfield's struggles are real. He continues to be ineffective at the quarterback spot. Last night, 8 for 22, 100 yards, two interceptions, and I'm not a Baker Mayfield hater. I'm not a guy that's going to call him Faker Mayfield or say that he was baking up turnovers all night last night. And yes, this Browns offensive line is atrocious. They're one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. And last year, when Baker Mayfield led him to that 7-8-1 record, they had a great offensive line led by Zeitler. But John Dorsey, the Browns GM, he trades them away to the Giants, and you're seeing it rear its ugly head. Last year, he had more time to throw, could find passing lanes. This year, not so much. Last night, four big sacks, 42 yards, a lot of quarterback pressure, and he didn't have a lot of time. But it's really hard to sympathize with a guy like Baker Mayfield, a guy who has disrespected his opponents for years. And last night's latest example was with Richard Sherman. You don't mess with Richard Sherman. Everyone knows that at this point. You know how he went at it with Michael Crabtree. You try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. That's the result you're going to get. And Richard Sherman, he wasn't pulling any punches when it came to Baker Mayfield right after the game. He told NFL.com, quote, what's amazing and annoying was him not shaking hands at the beginning. That's some college shit. It's ridiculous. We're all trying to get psyched up, but shaking hands with your opponent, that's NFL etiquette. And when you pull Bush League stuff, that's disrespectful to the game. And believe me, that's going to get us fired up. Respect the game. You can have rivals, but pay your respect in that moment, especially when you're young. He would go on to say he hasn't earned anything in this league. How many games has he won? He's acting like he was the MVP last year. If Mahomes did that, it would be one thing. But he would never do that because he has too much respect for the game. And when you see a guy who does it, you humble him every chance you get because eventually he will have respect for this league or he'll be out of it. And fittingly, Richard Sherman picked him off later in the game. And then it was time for Nick Bosa to exact his revenge on Baker Mayfield. So if you remember, back in 2017, 
Baker Sooners. They go up to Columbus to take on Nick Bosa's Buckeyes. Sooners got the best of the Buckeyes that day. And how did Baker Mayfield celebrate? He took that gigantic Sooner flag and planted it right in the middle of that block O. And Nick Bosa never forgot. Yesterday, Nick Bosa was an absolute beast. Nick Bosa looks like he's the best lineman in the NFL right now. Yesterday, four solo tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, five QB hits, a fumble recovery. And if you look on Pro Football Focus, he's number one in the NFL right now with pass rush productivity. This guy gets it done. He is an absolute animal on the line. And you saw, look, the Browns, they're the dog pound. Nick Bosa was treating Baker Mayfield like his chew toy last night. Late in the second quarter, Nick Bosa sacks Baker Mayfield. And what does he do? He breaks out that imaginary flag and mimics that celebration where he's waving the flag and then he plants it in that Levi Stadium turf. Mayfield taken down again as he just gets rid of the ball. And it was Bosa. What a first half out of this rookie. It was Mayfield who planted the flag up at Ohio State. Bosa getting revenge. He gets his revenge. Here's Joey Bosa talking about that celebration yesterday. Um, I think everybody knows what that was for. Uh, just wanted to get payback. I was kind of trying to talk. I don't usually talk, but this game... He had it coming, so, but he didn't say one word back, so. What would you say, just an example? I don't know, I was just screaming his name, like, Baker, <laughs> Baker, you good? Come on, pick it up, we want a challenge. And then Baker Mayfield, who always has a lot to say, didn't say very much about it in his press conference after the game. Check out Baker Mayfield responding to that Nick Bosa celebration. No, I, I didn't know that till I was informed before I got up here. Good for him. Good play. And he has just not delivered. Baker Mayfield, number one pick, a guy heralded as his franchise-changing leader. This year, he's completed 59% of his passes for 1,147 yards, four touchdowns to six interceptions. Last night, a QB rating of 13.4. Last night, Odell Beckham, the receiver, had a 118.8 passer rating. That marks the second time this season that the receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., has a better passer rating than his quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Last night, a minus two in fantasy. So, Baker Mayfield, he has to get it done. He's not a bust by any stretch. To me, he doesn't have an offensive line. They need to simplify that offense, get him to those quick reads, but he's very inaccurate at times. He's slow in his reads. He holds on the ball for way too long. And if you look, last night was a great example that if you're a six-foot-tall quarterback, these offensive linemen, they're going 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, if you are a six-foot-tall quarterback, you better do something elite, something great. You better have that escapability and that big arm like Russell Wilson. You better have that pinpoint accuracy like Drew Brees. You better be lightning quick like Michael Vick. And that's why I never bought into the idea of him as a franchise-changing quarterback. I think he can be top 15 if he has a great offensive line. I think he's a gamer. But, hey, he idolized Brett Favre growing up. If he stays in this league long enough and plays like this, he could match him in interceptions as the league leader in all-time interceptions. But the Browns, very unimpressive. They're not making the playoffs. And this hype machine needs to end on the Cleveland Browns. And now I want to talk about the New York Yankees. The Bronx Bombers, they make easy work of the Twins last night. They complete the sweep. Yankees win 5-1. to one. 
and they beat a 101-win Twins team that all season long, hitting dingers left and right. The Twins second to only the Yankees in home runs this year, but they couldn't get it done against this Yankee pitching staff. This Yankee starting staff, this bullpen, they really got it done against this Minnesota team. Zero home runs with runners on base all series long for the Twins. And if you look, this Twins team, this Twins franchise is property of the New York Yankees. The Yankees have now won 15 of 17 postseason games against the Twins dating back to 2003. That is Yankee ownage at its finest. And the Twins, they're back to the drawing board. It just goes to show, in the postseason, if you have a team that's just built around offense and you're just hoping to slug and get your home runs and get that offense to win you games, it's not going to get you very far this time of year. The Yankee staff, yesterday, they got it done. Severino got into some trouble. They load the bases. And then he does a Houdini act, gets them out of it, And then Tanaka was brilliant. Paxton didn't really have his best stuff, but he's pitching very well. But last night showed me that this Yankee team is primed and ready for a deep postseason run. I like the New York Yankees in the ALCS. I think right now the Yankees are beating the Houston Astros. I think it'll be the Yankees that represent the American League in the World Series. And last night showed me a lot. Look, you know the Minnesota Twins, how long they've been dominated by the New York Yankees. The Twins, if they get game three, that'll feel like a World Series win. It'll end a curse against the Yankees. And I thought that last night, at least a couple guys were going to go deep. Rosario hit a home run late in the game, but they just could not get it going offensively. They had their opportunities. Severino didn't have his command early on. The Twins load the bases on him in the second inning, but that's when Severino pulls a Houdini act and gets the Yankees out of it. JK, sky three called. What a job by Luis Severino. Bases loaded, no one out, no runs, two hits. So this Yankee pitching staff, they kept this potent Twins lineup at bay all series long. Last night was another example. Rosario gets a home run off Britain. But other than that, this Yankee staff did its thing against the Minnesota Twins. Araldis Chapman was flawless last night. He pitched great. Britain came in. They still have Ottavino. This team is stacked with arms. They can get it done in the postseason. But the star of last night's game was Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres, he gets his first home run of his postseason career, goes three for four, two doubles to add along to that solo shot. And it all happened in the top of the second when he really set the tone for the New York Yankees last night. Here's Glaber Torres. Glaber swings and hits one in the air to left. Cave back on the track. He's at the wall and it is gone. Glaber Torres just hit one in the left field seats and the Yankees are on top. It is Glaber Day, and the Yankees take a 1-0 lead. And with that home run, he became the youngest Yankee to hit a home run in October since Derek Jeter. And you know how that year went for the New York Yankees. They're going to hope for that same type of success, and they'll cap this off with a World Series win. And the Yankees, they love them some Glaber Torres. And last night, Aaron Judge, you know the Yankees, they bring around that championship belt. The player of the game gets it. And here's Aaron Judge awarding Glaber Torres with the player of the game last night. Check this out. Play the clip. Guys, you know we got to give this out. We got to give this out, man. Up and down. What a series. What a game. Each and every one of you guys just went out there and did your job, man. I love it. Who wants the belt? But tonight, the belt goes to GT, baby. Hey. 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 Hey.
Okay, you're ready. We go to the next series. Let's go! And then here's Aaron Boone amongst all the champagne pop in the locker room talking about how impressive this Yankee team looked in their ALCS round against the Twins. We got good players, and they're, they're hungry. You know, they're they're not certainly we're going to enjoy tonight, but they're not satisfied. And um, I, I feel like our level of focus right now at this time of the year is where it needs to be. And... And I'm so proud of tonight, you know, obviously switching venues, coming here. I thought Minnesota really brought it tonight and created a lot of opportunities. Um, but the defensive plays, our guys were able to make, the pitches they were able to make in big situations. Because um, we wanted to get, get back home and, and uh, get a couple days down. And these guys just made so many big plays tonight. And, and not just with the bats, which gets talked about all the time, but with the gloves and, and some. And like Aaron Boo mentioned, they were nice with the glove last night, too. Great plays in the field. D.D. Gregorius, Aaron Judge, D.J. LeMahieu, they were getting it done on that side of the ball, too. So defensively, offensively, they've got the gloves, they've got the bats, they've got the arms and the pen. To me, it was a complete team win in this series for the New York Yankees and the Astros. The Astros have been heavy favorites all season long. I think the New York Yankees, with this potent line, they haven't even gotten Stanton goading. Stanton, Giancarlo Stan looks lost at the plate. If they can get something from him and get him to put consistent at-bats, get him to start hitting for some power, then this team really takes off and goes into another gear. But even without Stan playing like an MVP player right now, I still like this Yankee team in the ALCS against the Houston Astros. Verlander's dominant. Garrett Cole is dominant. I don't see both of those guys shutting down the Yankees in games one and two in Houston. I think they're going to have their success at that stadium in Houston. So look out for the New York Yankees in the ALCS. Now, if there's any truth that Araldis Chapman got injured celebrating in the postgame celebration, that could change. But, hey, I don't think it's anything serious. But next time, if you win the ALCS, put on some oven mitts, bubble wrap those hands. We do not need to lose players through broken beer bottles in the postgame celebration. But I like the Yankees right now. And next, we're going to talk some Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant, he's got to be relevant this year one way or the other because he's not going to be playing due to that ruptured Achilles. So one way to make headlines is make bold statements. And he made some comments about the New York Knicks, and he talked about how nobody wants to play for New York. Nobody wants to join the Knicks because younger generations don't think they're a cool franchise. Listen to Kevin Durant talking about the Knicks. I think a lot of fans look at the Knicks as a brand and expect these younger players who, in their in their lifetime don't remember the Knicks being good right. so like I didn't grow up with the Knicks I mean, well I seen the Knicks in the finals but kids coming up after me didn't see that so right. that whole brand of the Knicks to them is not as cool as let's say the Golden State Warriors or right. or even the Lakers or the Nets now you know what I'm saying and look I understand I understand what Kevin Durant means there when you're young whatever team is winning those are the teams you gravitate towards those are the teams that have the best athletes the cool athletes and it trickles down if you're a kid growing up you probably think the Golden State Warriors have dominated the NBA for decades when we all know that's not the case but my message to Kevin Durant 
is the Knicks will always be New York City. New York and the Big Apple will always embrace the New York Knicks first. Yes, they're a disaster of a franchise under Dolan. And yes, they're dysfunctional. But whenever the New York Knicks, if ever the Knicks get right, they will take over that town in a New York minute. And there's nothing that Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant can do about it. Because look, when you're first, when you have that kind of history, to me, I think the history of the game is one of the coolest things ever. And when you got guys like Willis Reed, when you got guys like Earl the Pearl Monroe, the history that the New York Knicks have, and they have one of the greatest moments in basketball history when Willis Reed came in and he saved the Knicks and he won him that championship. Willis coming out. Here comes Willis. Tarita on the forecourt, right side from 20, jumps, yes! Willis has hit on his first two. He bullets one down, court that is intercepted by the busher, fast break for the next busher on the drive. Leads red and driving shot is good! And so to me, I find that pretty cool. Now, I know there's nothing cool about losing. There's nothing cool about the lack of success that the Knicks have achieved under Dolan. But have you seen Madison Square Garden? Last time I checked, you still see Chris Rock. You still see Adam Sandler, Amy Schumer. You still see that place flooded with celebrities and Spike Lee doing his thing. And you know, Madison Square Garden has that extra magic. So it's only a matter of time that the Knicks will get back. They need new ownership. We're clear of that. Now, you have to remember, Kevin Durant has been a star his entire life. Kevin Durant has never had a major injury. Maybe the way Kevin Durant stays relevant is popping off at the mouth all season long. Who knows what he's going to say next? He's going to drop something about Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, drop something about Russell Westbrook and the Thunder, because you know whatever he says makes headlines. And one thing you have to respect is Mr. Burner account himself, you know, the guy who had a burner account going at dudes on Twitter, is now doing it under his own handle. So Kevin Durant responding to fans on Twitter, at I Am Renaissance says, at Katie Trey 5 Kind of funny how you can't keep the Knicks out of your mouth. Like you got some vendetta. We don't need emo-ass players like you, bruh. Heal your Achilles and worry about your legacy. Them paper championships with a team that don't like you don't hit right, do they? And then it was on. It was a firestorm of tweets, like 20, 30 tweets by Kevin Durant calling fans emotional, admitting that this was a Knicks town, saying that it's a Knicks town, but they, they have their own circle of fans. And it was just, he was calling fans emotional. He was telling fans to boo me every chance you get if that makes your experience better. And if you're the NBA, you, can't, you hate to see this. You hate to see a premier star going at fans like he's doing. He said, none of this is stupid. You wouldn't be a New York sports guy if you thought that. I love how grown up and mature you are, though. So he's calling fans immature. He's saying that he's, he, uh, one fan said, you messing with the wrong fan base. And he responds, what are you going to do? Boo and tweet me insults? Have at it, champ. I'm ready for that BS. So Kevin Durant, I mean... He's got to get it together. You can't be going at fans like that. And I think he's going to find out very shortly that New York is always going to be a Knicks town. 
But that is going to do it for episode 51 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the pod wherever you get your podcast these days. You can find me at DMAC underscore LA. All news related to the Get More Sports Podcast, you're going to find right over there. Don't forget to watch the extended clips over on YouTube. Give me all your takes on all today's topics right over there. But have a great rest of your day, and I'm out.